Welcome to Last of Late Breakers podcast with me, Damon Grimshaw, your host on this show. So it's basically a show about me waffling on about motorbikes. Um, hopefully you enjoy it. Give me a like and a subscribe. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, all the other rubbish. Um, get in touch with me if you if you can at Last of Late Breakers podcast. Enjoy the show. <laughs> And here we go again, uh, MotoGP Silverstone 2019, uh, what a weekend we just had, um, I'm going to start off with doing a bit of history of Silverstone, uh, talk about the Moto3, Moto2 and then MotoGP, um, and then I'll finish off with the Alaman Classic at the end, uh, and obviously a bit of news to run in there for good measure. So, the first race of Silverstone was won by Pat Hennen. Um, on a Suzuki interesting RG500 what a bike what a bike um, bit, bit before my time when they were in the prime but still you got to appreciate the classics um, the event was held at the Northampton circuit until 1985 then it moved on to other places uh, Donington and um, Brands I believe um, and it came back to the calendar in 2010 where Jorge Lorenzo decimated the uh, field and it retains the position to this day as a UK round of the Moto G- on the MotoGP calendar. Um, it comes with a mixed bag, really, for many people. Um, some people think Donington's the home of the British Grand Prix. Uh, personally, I like both. I love Brands. I love Donington. I love Silverstone. They're all great circuits. They've all got the positives and negatives. Um, a lot, I think the most of the compl- complaints about Silverstone are about the cost and the... And the um, and what to watch it because you're quite far away from the track, but um, it generally throws at quite good racing. I, I've been to Silverstone a few times, and it's always been quite good racing. It's always been quite close. So, from a fan's point of view, from my point of view, I like it. Take not what you want. I like Donington Park. I I I I've ridden both. I love Donington to ride. I prefer Donington to ride over Silverstone, um, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, it's, it was uncertain whether we'd have one this year after all the debacle last year um, but I believe they signed another contract for the MotoGP so it's it's always good to get a, a GP in, in the UK uh, Silverstone was resurfaced due to poor drainage uh, last year um, it was a bit of a shit show to be honest it was fucking embarrassing um, so everyone rolled up got there and there was no racing whatsoever because there was a few big crashes and it was all waterlogged. Um, but the new surface was insane. I mean, the the lap records were dropping on Friday morning. Uh, you know, it was so quick out of the box. Everyone was so quick out of the box. So a testament to the guys who put the, who, who laid the, the track down. Um, they need to go to a few other circuits, I think, and, and, and work the magic. Another, another testament was the British weather. Can't, can't believe I can say that. I'll, Good was the weather this weekend. It was amazing. Um, I mean, I like wet races because it's a, it's a good, it levels the playing field. But I mean, you can't beat it when it's like that. That was insane. So on to Moto Three, um, dry race, seventeen laps. Uh, a masterful Tony Avellino took pole uh, with a two minutes and eleven point six. Um, second was Del Porta from Ralph Fernandez. Abelino was a genius because he blasted out there, did his lap, and he got it back in with the leading group. I'm not saying anything, but 
he was at the head of the leading group and no one else went any quicker. Uh, so whatever he did was clever. Um, yeah, Delpot Fernandez and McPhee could only manage sixth, which sounds a bit pants, but you'd expect him to be a bit. You'd expect him to be on the front row at his home Grand Prix. Um, the worst one out of all was Aaron Kinnett, down in 12th place, and then Fanati in 14th. So they've got some work to do on in the race. Um, so on to the actual race. Um, Leopard Racing's Marcus Ramirez took the first win of the day from Della Porta, and then Paul Arbolino. Della Porta led quite a lot of the race, actually. Um, and But Arbolino and Della Porta are having a bit of a, a back and forth um, towards the end of the Towards the end of the race, give Ramirez some breathing room. So you know a bit, it done a few bite limbs in that class, and it's quite you know unless you've got a big slipstream, you're not going to make it up really. Um, so yeah, Ramirez got the race win, um, first one of the day. Uh, good race, it really was a good race. Um, a good strong podium as well, to be fair. Um, his second his, and it was also Ramirez's second win of the year, which is important. Um, fourth was Antonelli uh, from Suzuki Sasaki, and then John McPhee rolled in seventh place. But he did have a lunge um, on the penultimate lap, and it kind of ruined his race, sort of. Anyway, um, he could he didn't he didn't he couldn't really challenge for the win, but there was only one point nine seconds between the top eleven riders, so. Take from that what you win. I think he blew it, absolutely blew it. But it was only one point nine seconds. It was only within one point nine seconds of the win. So I don't know. Take from that what you want. Um, following following John was Dennis Foggier, uh, Vietti Aguirre, Messier Binder. Thirteenth place was Aaron Kinnett. Thirteenth place. I kind of I've got a bit of an excuse for him because with it being a new surface, it's very difficult. For the guys to, I mean, they've got data from the previous service, so they've got they know the circuit, but they don't know the service. So they've cut out to come in with no, with not a lot of data really. So I get you're going to get uh, not anomalies with the um, with some of the positions, but it's just a bit pants for him to be finishing 13th when you know he's t he was top of the championship, but now um, Delaporta has moved above him because um, he dropped quite a few points, Delaporta. Um, Delaporta has got a lead over Kinnett at the moment from 171 to 157 points which is, seems quite a lot but it can all change in that class one DNF from Delaporta and a win from Kinnett and it's, it's game on same again Tully Arbolino has got 133 points so there's quite a gap 171 to 133 seems like quite a lot but a DNF from Delaporta and a win from Arbolino and that closes right up within a race, within a race win. So, you know, it, do, it it looks a bit stretched out at the moment. But I don't think, it, I don't think that's a true story of the season. And I think that will go, that champ class will go all the way to Valencia. I don't think that uh, championship will be decided before Valencia. Um, on to Moto Two. Um, again, dry conditions, incredible dry conditions. Um, and in form, Alex Marquez took the pole again at Silverstone in the incredible sunshine. The race was actually run after the GP race, but because of the way I do this, I thought I'd just keep it in the same order that I do. Uh, I'm sorry if it's annoying, but that's just the way that I, f 
I just wanted to keep it, keep mine going the same way. Um, I believe it was because of the European scheduling. Um, that's what they said on BT Sport anyway. Um, so a season-long consistent Augusto Fernandez took the race win uh, in a incredible effort towards the end of the race. I don't bother Calix. Uh, unfortunately for Alex Marquez, he crashed out of Brooklands quite early on actually. Um, it's quite amusing actually. I said in the last podcast how it's. He's got demons, and they've come back and got these demons have come back and got him. So you know, I don't think I think it's just a blip on the map for him. I think he's he's well on his way to that title this year. Um, but I think time will tell. San Marino will be a good gauge of where this championship is for Alex Marquez and everybody else. But we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, the podium was actually only split by a second. Um, you had Jorge Navarro. And um, Babinda uh, within a second of each other, so you can't really. I've got. A, I've never been a fan of Brad Binder, but for some reason he's growing on me because he just he just puts work in. Like his season didn't start off particularly well, and he's just putting putting the effort. Boom, 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 boom. And I mean that KTM. Um, it, not a lot of people have won on them KTM's in that class. To be fair, um, especially not now Oliveira's gone. So it's good for it's good for Brad, especially because he's going up to the big boys next year. That he's got a bit, of, you know, he's got a bit of confidence. Because I mean, I won't, I can't imagine what it'd be like to go from a Moto Two to a Moto GP back without a lot of confidence. So he's 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 riding a crest of a wave at the moment. Um, and then in fourth place was uh, Remy Gardner after a bit of a topsy turvy few rounds. Really, um, it was in touching distance as well. He just missed out. Um, Following Remy home uh, with Nagashima, G. Antonio, Baldessari, um, Luthi, the VR46 stepbrother Marini, and on the move, Xavier here in 10th. Um, I don't think Xavier here's headspace was there due to him getting kicked out of his team, but I'll get to that in a minute. Alex Marquez crashes, does close championship up a bit, but not a lot. He still holds a 35 point advantage. Um, and then in second place, you've actually got Fernandez, Luthi and Navarro all joint second place. So that championship is definitely not sewn up. But I do think that it's just a matter of time now for um, Alex, basically, just just to put his name on that ta- on that on that trophy. Uh, but again, again, I think it'll all be settled. Well, there'll be more more clarity at um, at San Marino. So we'll see what happens at San Marino. On to the MotoGP class. I mean, what a what a race we had here. What an absolutely cracking afternoon we've had here. So, in qualifying, uh, in a cracking, cracking qualifying session, which looked to be a bit of a dogfight between two Yamaha boys, Quattro and Rossi, and Marquez. You, can't, you can never discount Marquez. It boiled down to a pole for uh, Mark Marquez uh, from Valentino Rossi in second, which was, which was really good. And Miller in third, I'd... I thought Quattarello might have the might have the pole for some reason. Um, it was my tip for the pole, but uh, Marquez from Rossi from Miller um, and Quattarello starting at the beginning of the second row. So onto the race, all the front row made great starts in the T one, but Quattarello lost the rear of his Yamaha and dropped the M one. Um, unfortunately, this created a, a wall or a speed bump for Dovi to uh, 
take himself out of the race, who barreled over the stricken Yamaha, and it ended his race in pretty much any hope at whatever championship. Dovey took a battering in that race, he really did. Um, on further reviews, if you actually watch the um, the footage, uh, Rins has a little bobble which causes Quattaro to shit himself, and then it all just fell apart from there. And unfortunately for Dovey, he was the back end of the chain, and he just took. I mean, when when you see him flying through the air, that didn't look nice, and he was he got stretched away, and he's okay now, and he's been he's been testing, but it's, that's got to have an effect on you. You've got to be a bit banged up after that. Um, so hopefully he's better for Mizano, um and he gets a good result at Mizano. but for me the championship's pretty much sewn up now um, on to the race uh, or oh, the rest of the race should we say um, what a great brace of races we've had in this championship so this last two races of the championship uh, unfortunately for Marquez he's lost out on both occasions for the win um, but won in the championship really. Um, Rins took an incredible last corner, absolute belter. It really was. Um, it's got that's one of the best wins I've seen in a very, very long time. He seemed to have a go in the final few laps just to get a feel for his chances um, and sort of test. I think he was just testing where Marquez uh, was strong because there was there were times when they pass each other and then the other one had come by again and it was a bit like you know. We're waiting for one of them to let go. I believe Marquez pulled the pin and realised that he couldn't shake Rins off. And Rins just... Rins reminded me of um, Noriki Haga. The way he just sat behind him and just he just hunted him. Just, Ooh, I'm going to sit on your back wheel and see what you do. Um, it was just... It was incredible. These last two races have been absolutely amazing. I mean, we haven't seen anything like this for years. You know... It, I thought we were, I thought we were um, blessed with the Austria final corner, but this one was even better than that. It was amazing. Um, Maverick Vinales managed to get third. Um, I, I don't know. Well, I do know. Apparently, Rossi had a bad back tyre, but Maverick Vinales brought his party trick in again, and it was actually catching Rins and. Uh, Marcus towards the end of the race I don't think that it was because he was quickening them I think it was because they started beating each other up I think if if it had been tandem all the way home I don't think Vinales would have got within the distance that he did between the front the front two guys um, but then that's Mavis Patrick he starts slow and finishes the race insanely fast um, and it seemed to it, it seems back to his old ways again but it's another podium um, again, Rossi finishing fourth after after a promising looking weekend. I mean, he, he was fast all sessions. Uh, FP one, FP two. It was quick, 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 and then he just didn't seem to have it in the race. I, I thought he'd be mid mid race. He dropped. I think he was sort of five or six seconds adrift, and I thought, oh, he's gonna turn it up now, and then boom, you know, he's gonna be with the leaders. But he just didn't have the pace. Um, great finish for Morbidelli. Uh, fifth place for Morbidelli. Uh, great result from Franco, and he's had he's had a, he's had a good season, up and down season. Um, and it's gone fairly, I'd say, for for Delhi, it's gone fairly unnoticed due to um, Quattararo's efforts. I think if Quattararo wasn't his teammate, I think a lot more people would be talking about what Delhi's done. I mean, I know he's had a few DNFs, but he's he's had some good finishes as well. Um, 
bit of a disappointing one from Cal Crutchlow finishing sixth. Um, up and down weekend, really. He crashed um, in qualifying. Um, and he, I don't think his head's in the right place because he said some cryptic things about his future. Um, so to me, it doesn't seem fully clicked into what he should be doing. Uh, I've got a feeling he's about to, um, and he's noticing. Um, but I, I, I think he contracted until twenty twenty anyway. Um, but fingers crossed, we need him in the sport. We need as many Brits in the sport as we can get because we're dropping like flies. I can't imagine uh, Bradley's going to get a full time ride again, and I can't see Sam getting a full time ride in the GPs again. So we need to keep as many quick Brits in there as we can. Uh, Daniel Petrucci finishes seventh. Um, he had a really good battle with Miller uh, who I think with 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 Dinlo, he just he hasn't seen himself for quite a few rounds now and I thought this might be his uh, this this might be his chance to really get a move on and show what he's capable of but he hasn't really done it he hasn't um, he hasn't shown what he's capable of with that bike but then I don't think the Ducatis are where they should be at the moment. There's definitely a discrepancy with the Ducatis at the moment. As everybody else taking a step, the Yamaha's are definitely taking a step. Honda are always taking steps. So maybe they're where they were and everyone else has moved forward slightly. Um but then we, you'll never know anyway. Um unfortunately for for Miller, he started third, which looked promising, but he got a bit battered up and he ended up eighth. Um Paul, um ninth place, which is fantastic. Uh, on that KTM, I mean, he really is doing wonders with that bike. That that is a fantastic result for the Austrian factory and Paul. Another top ten. Things are starting to look quite promising. This is the turn up for me. Andre Iannone, party boy, in tenth, tenth place for Iannone. What the hell is that all about? Crazy Joe, on an Aprilia in tenth place. Um, I wouldn't expect this for him to keep it up into um, Mazzano, but. It's it's nice to see him up there because when he's fighting, you don't know what you're going to get with him on it. Is he going to crash into you? Is he going to overtake you? All you know is he's going to be cracking. So it's it's good that he's he got a good result. Hopefully it's it boosts his confidence a bit and you know gives him a kick up the ass. But on Instagram he was on a boat and he you know floating around a bay somewhere. So I don't think um, his head's in the right place. But ho- hopefully it does work. But I think he'll be back to his old ways in uh, in Mizano. Uh Bagnaia finishing 12th in a fairly humbling race after the, after the last one. Uh, he did seem to struggle on race pace. I saw him running wide a few times. Um, Bagnaia is definitely having a building season. Uh, I think he'll come into his own a bit next year because in testing at the beginning of the year, he looked, well, at the end of last year, at the beginning of this year, he looked fantastic. He just hasn't seemed to, he hasn't come on yet. He hasn't turned it on yet. I think he will eventually. It just it's just a matter of time. I mean, it must it must take it must be so difficult to learn those big bikes. Old Gintoli finishing twelfth. Uh you know, the old the, the old the old dog, the old world superbike champion. Uh, and that accent's gotta be worth a few spots up the grid anyway, um, in my opinion. Because it's a cracking accent. French and was it French and Midlanders and all that, it's cracking. Siren thirteenth, head of Lorenzo, Abraham, Rabat and Nakagami. Lorenzo finishing fourteenth. Um, it might look bad on on paper, but he's still a but he's still battered. Um, he he just didn't he just 
didn't have it in him, I don't think. Um, he ended the, he ended the Mizano test early, uh, I believe, to try and have a good shot at the race. It it's not he's not doing himself any favors really, but then people are so quick to forget how good he is on a bike. You cannot you cannot knock how good he is on a bike. On that Yamaha, I hated his guts because he was so bloody good and he just beat everybody. And then I became a bit of a fan of him when he was on the Duke because he he was really up against it on the Ducati and he managed to turn it around. Um, because he got a lot of shit when he was Rossi's teammate for saying oh he does no, he does no development blah blah blah. And to get on that Ducati and win was amazing. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen on the Honda unless something super, super special happens. I just I don't think it's going to happen for Lorenzo at Honda. I'd like it to happen because Lorenzo is a five-time world champion, but it just doesn't seem to be working for him at the moment. He's had some big accidents as well this this last year. I don't think he's had a top ten now for over a year, which is insane. It's Jorge Lorenzo. Um, big winner for that race for me was Mark Marquez um, he put the championship out of reach for everybody at the, well in my opinion like I said a minute ago he's, he's, his name is on the title on the title now because he's got such a bloody lead um, and his form has been absolutely mind blowing there was a, a tweet from BT Sport and it was first second DNF at, at Austin First second, first second, first second, first second. It was absolutely mind blowing, and that is proper form. It's just insane. The biggest loser has to be Davizioso because he ended up on his backside and beating up a lot. Um, it's sad, really, because he he was our last hope um, in the championship, or to keep the championship alive. And I, if if he gets beaten at, or if if uh, Marcus goes out and wins at San Marino, I mean, it is properly game over. There's no way. I think he's like 70 odd points now. So, there's no way that that's, that that's how they got anywhere but, but to Honda. Um, a bit, little bit of news and I'll talk about the test. Um, Scott Redding in at Ducati. Well, Superbikes. Um, so, that means our Bautista's out because Davis under contract. I saw rumours about Bautista going to Honda. Which is a strange move, because you think he, you know, he's won on that on that Ducati, but he's gone to Honda, which hasn't done fuck all for for a long time, unless he knows something that's something that we don't, and he's privy to maybe a ride back in the in the in the GP class. I don't know. There's there has to be some reason why he's done it, or or he hasn't re-signed the Ducati. I don't know if they've fallen out or whatever. But it's good for Scott. I, I think Scott should have gone to World Superbikes in the first place. He shouldn't have gone to BSB. But he has gone to BSB. Um, and obviously, he's doing well in BSB. Um, but yeah, Scott in at Ducati next year, That I think that is where he needs to be. That is Scott Redding's level. Uh, I won't ever want to see him on like a Moto2 bike. He needs to be on a big bike. And I think he'll be a front runner straight away in that, in that class. I think he'll give um, Johnny Ray a headache. I don't think he, I'm, I don't think he'll win the title in his first year. Uh, I think it'll take a little bit of adapting. I think the electronic packages are quite difficult to understand in World Superbikes. Um, so fingers crossed for him, and uh, I'll definitely keep my eye on that for next year. Uh, next bit of news: Rossi getting updates. He wanted for two and a half years. He released a press statement about 
saying how he's now getting the updates that he's wanted for two and a half years. I believe that he's more talking about the chassis wasn't the what he wanted because um, there was a bit of a change in power a couple of years ago with the Vinales, where I believe I personally believe that the um, development went his way rather than Ross's way, and. If you watch how they ride the bike, they ride the bike very differently. Um, if you look at the body position, they're very different. So I believe they're putting a bit more eggs in Ross's basket because of because Vinales is is not really he's not done what everyone thought he'd do. Everyone thought he'd be beating Marcus at week in week out, but he hasn't done any. He hasn't done that at all. In the um, at the test, um, they had. A new exhaust and some one of the them little rear diffuser type things for the cooling the rear tire apparently. Um, so that and everything was positive from that, and they were quite high in the um, timings as well. So it could be hopefully it's a good thing. And Rossi loves Mazzano. It's it's it is his home race. A lot of people think it's Mugello, but he's actually close to Mazzano. So it'll tell. It'll tell. Next bit of news is Xavier here leaves Mark VDS and joins Patronus Motor Two team. Uh, I believe Powie's gone. Been I believe Powie's left the Motor Two and gone back to Motor Three. Um, Vieja leaving Mark VDS was an interesting move. I believe it was to allow space for the incoming Sam Lowe's. I'm not sure if that's been confirmed yet, but that was the big rumor. Um, I'll have to double check that. Um, the calendar was released. Uh, 2020 calendar. With a provisional Finland in there, which is good. Uh, I thought we'd lose the British Grand Prix for Finland, uh, but it's good. We've got quite a few. I think twenty rounds this year. Um, the British GP is in the same. Uh, it's the same weekend. Um, thank God. Uh, Mia's returned back for the Mazzano test after his injuries. Um, it's good to see because he's another youngster that's. Top of his game, flying, and he's he's a quick he's a quick boy when he get when he gets dialed up. It was pre-season testing. He was he was he was up there, so it's nice to see him back because he has he had a bad accident. Um, Johan Zarco um, has got a good drop at Mazzano for taking out Oliveira. It's, that was a tricky one because when you watch the uh, replay, it was actually on the racing line, but they were like side by side, and then Oliveira obviously walked in because. He was only only slightly wide, and then he ran into him. So oh, that's a bit harsh, that. Um, so that's pretty much all the news I've got for the moment. I'll do a little bit on the test. Uh, I, won't, I won't go into too much detail because you don't get anything from from the test really. Not 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 as not at level I'm at anyway. You don't get any much information. I just I just basically look through the pictures and see what I can see. Um, so post Silverstone, the boys headed to Mazzano for a two-day uh, pre-race test. Um, the, my overall uh, impressions were Yamaha, 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 because the top five, four of them were Yamahas. Um, again, it's testing. You can't take much from it, but when you've got four Yamahas in the top five, it does inspire confidence. Um Quattararo was top. This is well. This is the the final times after both days. 
So you've got Quattararo from Morbidelli, from Marquez, Vinales and Rossi. Um, the fastest time was a 132.99, which was quick, stupidly quick. That boy is fast. I'm I'm very impressed with the KTMs. Um, the KTMs were in the top, both KTMs were in, both factory KTMs were in the top 10. And Michele Pirro was the fastest 2K, which is a bit of a shock. So, like I say, I won't go too much into the, what I saw, um, because you're better off looking for yourself. Basically, I saw the, the Yamahas had a new exhaust, um, some fairing updates, Ducati tried some new winglets, um, and that's about it really, I'm not going to go much further into that. My picks for San Marino, so I'll do a little quick pick for San Marino. Um, I'm going to take, in Moto3, I'm going to take Kenneth for the win. I think he'll pull his finger out of his ass and get cracking. So I'm going to say Kenneth from, who's that in second place? I'm going to Fanati in second, I think. I think Fanati will have a good round. Uh, Kenneth from Fanati from Abilino in third. Um, Moto2, I think Marquez is going to do it. I think Marquez is going to win the race. From... Um, Augusto Fernandez, and I'm going to have Sam Lowe's in third. I'm going to be brave, really brave, and put Sam Lowe's in third. Because I think if it, if the contract hasn't been signed, it'll get signed, and it'll be it'll give me a kick up the ass. So I'm going to go Sam Lowe's third. Crazy, I know, but I'm doing it. Even crazier, in the GP class, I'm having Quattarao to win. I'm putting all my balls on the table and going, right, Quattarao's going to win this. Um, I think it'll be Quattarao from... Cotteraro from Davizioso from Rossi. I'm calling a DNF from Mark Marquez, um, and I and I'm not not because I'm horrible, but I think getting beaten up in the last two races, he's gonna want to he's gonna want to come back with a bang, and I think he might chuck it into the weeds. Um, I hope not. I hope he's up there bat, battling because it's good to it's good when when you've got two riders you know pushing and pushing and shoving a bit of fair and bashing. It's good, but. That's my opinion. I think he's going to chuck it into the weeds. Um, so, onwards and upwards to Mazzano. Um That's all I've got to say on the on the GP side of things. Um, on to I'll do a little bit on the on the classic T on the classic TT, um, and then I'll wrap it up. So, onto the classic TT. Um, it's a bit of an understated event, really. It don't, it don't get the coverage that it deserves. Um, when you see the feedback from a lot of the riders, you find you find that a lot of them enjoy it more than the TT because it's a bit more relaxed. Um, we had some bad news earlier in the week. Um, Dean Harrison had a big off on his TZ250 um, and bashed himself up a bit, and he had to pull out with the rest of the event the events for the week. So, so we didn't. Um, start off in a good way and then we lost a guy as well which was sad um, but fortunately that's road racing for you um, so on to the superbike race um, we had Derek Shields winning on his Kawasaki which was which was amazing uh, Dunlop second Hoysager third Philip Crow in, in fourth Ryan Neen in fifth Connor Cummins in sixth Michael Sweeney in seventh James Hillier eighth Rob Hodgson in ninth and rolling out of the top ten, uh, Gaz Johnson on his Suzuki. Uh, that was run on the on the Friday. Um, dry conditions. Um, 
Not many more notable entrants on that one. On to the lightweight race. This was a race for me that I found it a bit emotional um, because of who finished first. Um, as many of you probably know, uh, old Brucey got uh, he's been has been he's had a tough couple of years with cancer, and he's come back and he's won the lightweight TT, well classic lightweight TT. Uh, I can't say any more for the guy. It's so good to see him racing again. I've always been a big fan of Bruce. I love his riding. I love how he's he's so laid back and his riding style is incredibly good. Um, so he he won um aboard the Paget's bike. Um, second was James Hind on the Yami. David Todd third. David Todd has had such a great year on the roads this year. Um, so it's another great result for him aboard the Paget's. Ian Locker on the Yami. Um, in fourth, Chris Moore in fifth, sixth place, Carson Svensson aboard the Yamaha, Lee Johnson seventh, Samuel Grief in eighth, Tom Snow in ninth, and Stephen Howard in tenth. Um, again, I I love that race. Just I couldn't have asked for any, but you know, a better winner in that race for me. Um, chuffed to bits for um, Bruce. To be back up, back on a bike again and racing, because he said not long ago he could barely walk. So to be back on a bike and winning on the roads is quite something special. Um, senior, um, old Joe McPint on the pattern um, won by quite a margin. Um, it's good to see John back at the top of the podium. John is a reason why I own a fireblade um, because of his years of domination on the bike. I'm a big John McGuinness fan on the roads. Um, Stefano Benetti on the pattern in second. Um, that bike's the one to have really in the senior. Uh, I I heard negative and positive comments about the pattern saying, oh yeah, they, if you're on a pattern you're going to win sort of thing, but you've still got to get over that finish line. Lee Johnson rolled up in third um, on the Honda. Um, Alan Oversby on fourth on the Honda. Chris Swallow um Derek Shields, Maria Costello in seventh. It's hard for a lot of people to to get their head around that because she's a woman, but I like I kind of like that because she really has done well on the roads over this last couple of years. She's really flying, so to finish seventh, I know it's only the classic, but it's still a bloody road race at the end of the day, and she's up against some big names. Um, eighth, Chris McGann. Um, Ninth Tom Whedon and tenth Tim Clark. Um, the junior TT. Uh, Jamie Coward got the win from Lee Johnson. Derek Shields, Dan Sale rolling in fourth. Bill Swallow, Paul Jordan, Richard Wilson, Dean Osborne, and Ben Ray Steadplan in ninth, and Will Lodder in tenth. Um, on to. Oh, that's it. That's it. Oh, stop there. Stop there. So again. People don't give the classic TT the credit it deserves. Um, it's it really is. It's a great event to to, to follow and and, and watch. Um, unfortunately, people get blinded by the 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 Ironman TT um, and don't really follow the classic. Um, so it's it's a bit pants really. But it's 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 one of those. I think roads really. Are sort of forgotten about once once the TT is done. Um, 
I kind of get it because there's a bit of a taboo around the roads because they're very dangerous. Um, but I I feel they should get you should, these guys should get so much more credit than than they do get because they the way they the way they ride the roads is absolutely insane. If you've ever watched an onboard video of any of them going around that course, any road course in fact, going round. Um, even you go go around the northwest or anywhere like that, you know. The way they, they them boys ride them around them roads is insane. Me, me and mortals can go out and ride the roads and think they're quick, but that's a different level. It's a different level. I know the clothes and blah blah, but it's just insane. So that wraps up my podcast for this for this week. Um, San Marino MotoGP this week, and I'll get up to date with news because I've been a bit shit with news this week um, and I'll try and get that out as soon as possible um, thanks for listening I hope, you, I hope it's not been too boring for you it's just me talking shit about bikes um, give me a follow and a like if you can um, late, at Late Breakers on Twitter uh, I don't really use Facebook but I'm on there uh, last of Late Breakers um, give me a subscribe if you like it give me a little comment I don't mind. I've got thick skin. Tell me what. Tell me what you want to hear. I want to. I want to do this. I want to keep doing this. So, if there's something that you think I could put in, uh, I want to do a, a fantasy league um, at some point, and I want to do like a, some segments. I basically, I'd like to do, like, I want to do a every week. I want to talk about a certain rider. So I think I'm going to bring that in next week. Um, so I'll do like a rider a week, rider of the week sort of thing. Um, I'm hoping to start doing like um, picture of the week, bike of the week, all that kind of thing, on just on Twitter. So yeah, if you if you like it, give me a follow, give me a like, talk, you know, give me a message if you want. I don't mind. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you all soon. Thank you. Bye bye.